Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am very, very excited that you guys are here with us today. We are live and excited to give you guys what we think is another great show, but you will have to be the judge of that. Um, and I'm just kind of talking for a minute. He's running behind. Uh, oh, here he comes, galloping into the studio on his noble white steed, the one and only bearded wonder from the United Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Give a warm, rousing welcome to the Mr. Mr. Dean Holland. A rousing welcome. A rousing welcome. Yeah, I almost screwed it up. I got so excited to introduce you today. <laughs> well, I'm excited to be here, my friend. How are you, you fine specimen of a human? <laughs> I'm good. You don't even sound out of breath. Like, that's how good you are at riding the horse these days. I've got used to it. I actually just do laps around the microphone all week in anticipation of this going live. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, um, before we get started today, uh, for those people who are listening to us live, we would love to hear from you. You can actually call into the show, 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008, or if you're international, one three two three seven four 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 eight three one. Call in and make sure you give Dean your bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's all welcome. It's all yes, welcome. Yes, exactly. I can't be the only one doing that. I mean, it's a lot of work. There's there's a lot, you know, the of crap that we need to send your way. And I kind of sometimes feel like I'm in that battle alone. Right. And to be honest, I need something fresh because I just I just zone out every time you open your mouth now. It's just <laughs> right. You like have like ear pods and nightshades and you just kind of take <laughs> a break and you're just like, OK, yeah, whatever. He's talking again. It's you like it. uh, you remember Charlie Brown when the teacher would talk. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. <laughs> like, like that's all you hear when I talk anymore. That's amazing. Uh, that is that. Is hey, it. so um. So, so, so you and I were talking about what, what could we give people that would add a significant amount of value? Cause that's what we're committed to here. This is just the tips for crying out loud. Right. You don't get to become arguably the greatest business podcast in the world without yeah. delivering the goods, right? That yes. just doesn't happen. So we're going to up the ante today. I feel like we've been attempting to up the ante each week <laughs> right? and you know, <laughs> Maybe we're going the wrong direction, but we're going to keep trying. <laughs> um, and and one of the one of the things I see a lot of people talking about right now, um, in light of you know everything going on with the economy and the world today, is like people are trying to figure out you know either a, a side hustle to an existing thing, or they're trying to figure out how to grow their core business. And one of the one of the most um, I don't want to say easy ways because there everything that everything that's going to be worthwhile takes work. Right. But one of the uh, best ways I would say 
to either have a side hustle or enhance what you're already doing with your existing business is to create some sort of info product course or program that helps people get a specific result. And so the one and only Mr. Dean Holland and I today are ready to talk about how to help you do that. Anything, uh, anything you want to preframe on that, Dean, before we, before we jump in? Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to talk about this topic, actually, because, uh, you know, for, for people listening that, that don't know uh, sort of uh, the background or a lot about, you know, what James and I do yet, if you're quite a new listener to the show, um, a lot of what we do and have in our businesses is based around, you know, digital courses and digital-based products. These are, of course, products that can be accessed you know, via the internet from anyone in the world. So this is, you know, for anyone that's more familiar with traditional business, you know, brick and mortar businesses, you know, this now allows you to access a worldwide marketplace of people. And I think what, why this is going to be such a great topic is I, I believe that somewhere, somehow in them, everybody has something they know that is of value to other people that do not yet know it. And, and I think one of the, one of the things that I, I, I don't know if you've got an intention of, of something that you wanted to touch on at the start, James, but I think one of the things that I think would be great for us just to uh, discuss briefly is maybe to plant some, some ideas or thoughts in people's mind based off of examples that you've seen. What I mean specifically yeah. is like, what type of thing can even be a course before somebody can even think about how to do this or how to create this or how to put it out there? I think firstly, a lot of people, one of the problems that people are going to have is realizing what a course can actually be. Does that mm, make sense? That does make sense. It, yeah. And, and I think the, um, I think for a lot of people, you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, I have a product or, um, you know, we, we like, you know, we have a brick and mortar business or we have something like that. And there's, there's no value in me having a course or a program or anything like that because I sell this product. And, um, actually, we're we're going to be having him on in um, I don't know when he's coming on. A couple of weeks, a, a client of mine who runs uh, runs an Amazon business with physical products, um, cool cool product for productivity uh, called the Panda Planner, and he's he's creating programs around that physical product that uh, that enhance the experience of the product. And you know, so so you might be thinking. Yeah, you know, I I have this widget or I have this thing, and it's you know build, building the course isn't really for me, and I don't necessarily think we're here to try and convince you that you have to do this. But if you've been thinking about it, right. we want to give you guys a framework on what you need to be thinking about uh, and how to get that information out of your head into a consumable way that can add value, um, you know, to your target customers and capture, capture value for your business. So I do, I do agree with you, Dean, that I think a lot of people are kind of like, well, you know, I don't even know if I have a course, but by the time we're done talking, I think you'll at least, uh, have a feeling you could do this. Wouldn't right. you say that's, wouldn't you say that's true? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think of course, while we're going through all this valuable information, do you just continue to consider who you like best, James or I? <laughs> yeah, because that's really what we're thinking about in the back of our minds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and now, another bullshit statement by Dean Holland. Okay. 
<laughs> you got to warn me if you're going to do these things or you'll spend the next hour listening to me laugh my ass off. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I just need to do that. Like every time you, every time you say something. I mean, not that I'm the one doing that. There's like a, <laughs> right. a an omniscient third party who plays these sound effects. I just know that they're I'm coming. being judged by some random person somewhere. <laughs> I, I just love the music. Okay. All right. So, um, so getting into this, at first glance, I think, and I think you hit on it, a lot of people will think that um, you've got to be like this special breed of person right. to have a course, but you hit on something really important. I'd like to hear you expand on it. Everybody has something that they know how to do really well. And there's a reason why they learn to do that thing. And there's probably other people like them. Can you kind of elaborate on the, the, the foundation of building a course? Yeah, absolutely. So, so like you say, everybody's got that, that thing inside them. And, and, and I think, I, I mean, you, you've probably seen tons of stuff, haven't you, Jane? I've seen stuff, you know, obviously we have business related courses that are helping people, you know, achieve better and bigger results in their businesses or whatever that outcome might be. There are people that teach others how to read faster. There are people that teach people how to do makeup. They, they, like, there's so much out there. So there's even the example that Russell gives of the guy that taught people how to jump higher. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right? And I, I'm sure I've heard him mention as well a, a, a course where <laughs> doesn't somebody have a program where they, 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 they take people on outdoor trips and things to find Bigfoot. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> so, so I think that's an extreme example that really anybody can build a business around any knowledge they have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and the core, the core of this is, um, you have some, some knowledge that either helps people, uh, solve a problem or a challenge or a pain that they've been experiencing in their life, or you have knowledge that helps them get something that they really want. Um, right. you know, for example, uh, one of the things that, uh, that, that Yada has been all about lately is gardening. She's started a garden and she's gone down the rabbit hole and is like everything to do with gardening. Um, and, and as soon as you like step foot in, onto the internet and you're like, Oh, teach me how to plant something. Boom. There's people teaching you all about gardening. Right. And right. you'd be like, well, how am I ever going to create a course about gardening? The only reason that you'd create anything is because there's people who want it. And it turns out there's people who want to know like every imaginable thing. And so the, the options for this really are quite limitless. And you've got to go back to when you learned to do that thing. When did you become an expert in productivity? When did you become an expert in gardening? When did you become an expert in cycling or drumming or jumping higher or teaching people to find Bigfoot or, or cooking or like whatever it is? Um, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's an opportunity to teach other people the same thing. And so first, the first belief that you have to adopt when going into creating a course is um, that you have something valuable to share. Right. And I think oddly enough, Dean, I think out of all the things we're going to talk about here today, I feel like that's the thing that trips people up the most. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah, I definitely think because all, all most most like most of the other stuff is is relatively straightforward. Really, it's just learning to do a few things and putting the time in to do it. Where most people, exactly as you just said, most people never get to that stage. 
You know, most people don't get to the piece where they need to ask questions like, how do I record my course or how do people get to it? Or, you know, all these questions because they never actually produce a course in the first place. Or they don't even come up with the idea. And, and I think you just hit on something really interesting. A lot of people will say, well, even if, you know, I created a course, you know, how am I going to get people there? And so sometimes people get too far ahead of themselves in terms of, well, how is the, how is the entire thing going to work that they don't even get off the starting line? Yeah, I think that's perfectly right. And so I think one of the first things that we got to highlight here, well, two things based on what we've just said is number one is like, you've got to search for that thing that's inside you. If you're not already very clear on what it is, what, what is it that you know that might be of value to others? We've got to mine for that. And then number two is ultimately only focus on that next single step that you need to take, right? Because yeah. there's quite possibly, especially if you've never done it before, you know, there are quite possibly you feel like there's a million and one unanswered questions right now. And because you're trying to understand everything, you're not looking at that next step in front of you. And all you're seeing is fog ahead. Yeah. So you just got to kind of look down and say, right, what is this this next single step? I know there's going to be a bunch of stuff in future and I'm sure some of it might be challenging, but I'll overcome those obstacles when I get to them, but I'm never going to get to them if I don't first take this next step. So what is that next step? And, I think if you can just focus on that each time, step by step, you eventually make your way through that fog and you end up where you want to be. Yeah. And, and you know, that's good advice no matter what you're doing, because you never, ever, ever have the luxury of seeing the entire path before you. Right. Exactly. Not until you've at least walked it a few times. Yeah. (laughs) And even then there's like things that pop up and you're like, oh my God, this wasn't here last time. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's to be expected that you're going to have questions. And just because you still have questions about things doesn't mean um, that you shouldn't get started. So, uh, and so before we go f- like kind of lay out this framework, I think one thing we should, uh, we should address here, and this would appeal to people like me who are, um, I should, I say very return driven type people. Like right. why bother with doing this in the first place? Because I think there is a, a solid business case for creating a course. Um, and many people probably don't put in the work because they don't really understand how valuable it can be. Um, but just as an example, uh, you know, so I've, I've launched several courses now and one of the more recent ones that we launched, uh, on productivity called three day productivity jumpstart. We're getting, uh, for every dollar we spend in ads, we're getting like $7, in sales and there's Show off. I know. Um, <laughs> and there's, and there's no, there's no inventory. There's no sales team. There's no, um, there's no, like the, the customer support is very minimal, especially when you're, you know, really putting a, a high quality product together. And, and so there's, there's all these different, like really, really attractive things that you can get when you do this the right way. And I'm, I'm not saying that, um, you know, those are the only reasons why you'd want to do it because maybe you just really want to share what you have inside, but it can also be an incredible business opportunity, um, to, to share it when, when you do it the right way, when you market it the right way and all those things. And so, you know, we won't get into all of the, you know, traffic strategies and things like that today, but building the core program gives you the opportunity to, you know, to really build an asset 
that that works for you and your business. And and I, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty exciting when you wake up in the morning and you have emails in your inbox from all the people who paid you while you were sleeping. Right. You know, like that's Definitely. cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think also, you know, it, we would be perhaps a little foolish not to highlight the fact that right now we are all existing in a very unusual time in the world with uh, you know the, the you know the covid situation that's been around for months and i think one of the things that we can you know no matter how much that has impacted you or how little or how much uh, that that situation's impacting you the one thing that we all have to surely come to terms with and agree upon is that this has forced people into a situation which by all reports and everything that's being shared online has put more people online for more of their days than perhaps any other time in history before. Um, and I don't personally believe, and we can speculate on this if we like, but I personally don't believe that the world will fully return to how it was. There will be lasting changes that come about because of this. And one of those being is that a lot of people, a lot of people that are in jobs, a lot of people running companies that are you know, you're familiar with more, you know, meetings offline and traveling around and face to face have been forced to use the internet and discover things that maybe just 90 days ago, they didn't even know existed. And in terms of then an online course, I don't believe there is any greater time than now. And, it, and there's been great times for a long time. You and I have been doing this for many years, but I think those great times are getting even greater for people that capitalize on this unique moment in time where people are becoming so more aware of the ability to learn from home, to do things from home, build businesses from home, to exist on the internet and create, you know, a, an amazing business and an amazing life off the back of that. So this is the time to be really paying attention to this. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Drop the mic. Yeah. Well, and just to add to that, um, the online learning platform Udemy, they they're um I think recently were valued at two billion dollars. Like a two billion dollar valuation for basically what is essentially a platform to host people's courses. Yeah. And, well I believe um Lynda.com um yep. which is a similar uh, comparative to Udemy. It's an online course platform. LinkedIn bought that for one billion dollars uh, in not too distant past. Yeah, because I think like what we're what we're really seeing, and and this is part of the reason why this is such a, a valuable business opportunity, is the way people are being educated is changing. People right. are not, um, they're like the traditional routes of education are still in place, but more and more people are looking to supplement that education. Some people are looking to right. replace that education, and that's a trend that's been happening for quite a while. And so the people who um, are able to take their expertise and, and their experience and package it up in a way that helps other people get results, those people are being sought out more and more, and it's easier and easier to find them, you know, you, and you don't have to, at least at the outset, you know, build your own uh, site or funnel or whatever for your course, like you can leverage these other platforms. And then you know, graduate and move up to having your own thing, you know, depending on your marketing expertise and your technology expertise or ability to attract those people into your world or whatever. But the, the case that we're making here is that even if you have an existing business, having a course positions you as an expert 
and helps people get a result at the same time. And if you don't have an existing business, it's a great way to break out and start creating a side hustle. So let's talk about how to actually start um, building building a course. And and I think the the thing that you said a few minutes ago, Dean, is super um, super important. Is nice like oh well, I, <laughs> and I rarely will say something like that. <laughs> um, and I didn't even like the taste of those words coming out of my mouth. So maybe we can scratch that from the show. Um, but but you said something that most people are like, well, I don't even know what to talk about, and that and that's fine. Right. But there, what uh, the first exercise is to do what we call a knowledge inventory. And all that is, is make a list of all of the things that you know something about, right? right. And, you know, write for, you know, maybe it's 10 items, 20 items, 30 items, 40 items, 50 items. Like, what do you know stuff about, right? You guys uh, who are new to the show may or may not know one of Dean's first businesses as a young lad in the UK was breeding parakeets or budgies as they call them in the UK. So he knows a little bit of something about breeding budgies, uh, even though they all killed each other, which is a story for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to buy my, uh, my course on, on any kind of, uh, <laughs> breeding activity. Well, like your course though, like in all fairness, if your course was how to breed parakeets that kill each other, like that would, you, you right. do have the recipe for that. <laughs> right. Indeed, indeed, which actually, which actually, as funny as that is, does highlight probably what one of our next steps will be. But I, I don't want to move forwards on that. But interestingly, like, is, the, if, is there enough people for that course? You know, is there anyone looking for a course on that? You know, and the answer in that, in that question with that example is, of course not. But that will be a question we've got to ask ourselves going forwards. But just before we move on, just digging into what you just said there a bit more on the knowledge inventory. One thing I, I just want to encourage everyone listening to do is like be extremely, extremely open-minded and loose with what you write down here. As in, do not judge anything. Don't don't make any judgment at this stage of doing this list. Don't think, oh, that skill's too small. Don't think, oh, that's probably insignificant. Don't like just be extremely aware of the thing things that you know and do and use and have knowledge on because what you're actually going to find possibly is you might find and some people will do this is that you assess yourself and you think I don't really know anything like I don't really think I have anything in me and one of the reasons that might be is that you are so used to doing what you do and what you know that you don't see it as a skill that you've learned and know yeah. Because to you, it's what you live and breathe. It's what you do every day. And I'll give you a great example of this. And in all honesty, I'd love to credit where it came from. I just cannot remember. Uh, maybe somebody you know, James. I don't know. I do not know where this came from. But I once recall hearing an example of somebody that was a school teacher. And, they, and then they, you know, in an actual school, offline school. Um, and they were looking at how could they create something online? How could they have a digital course or digital product on the internet? And after much research and doing this whole like knowledge um, list uh, type exercise, one of the things that became evident is in her schooling classes, she'd created some, I can't rec even recall exactly what it was, but some kind of cards or cues or something that she would use as a teacher that would help her with her class. It wasn't something that had been provided by the school or state or anything. This was something she'd come up with because she realized it would help support her in the classes she ran. 
And it became evident that other teachers could benefit from this thing. And so that then went into her course. She, she created this training around what this thing was and how to use it and these printouts and people would print them. And now they had those same cards or whatever the, the, the thing was. And so you've got to be just like very, very aware and open and consciously look for like anything that you know, anything that you do, it might be more that you classify it as a hobby. It might be you play an instrument for yourself. You might be in a band. You might be in a profession. You might have something that you spend your weekends doing. You might have a skill that you learned as a child that now you just think is this hobby. It might be a sport. It might be anything. Like literally, you want to get it all out, anything that you know, and you're going to be probably overwhelmed with the number of options and possibilities you have wouldn't you say james yeah and and i would say that for you know the the net will probably be cast wider if you don't have a current business right whereas if you do if you do have a current business that means you're already solving a problem for a type of customer exactly yeah and and so i would say you know kind of use your judgment here if you're looking to get into something new that's different from your current business or you don't have a business and you're looking to have uh, you know, supplemental income or something like that, then, then you would cast a really, really wide net. Like, okay, I know about, you know, teaching people how to jump high. I know how to teach people how to play the guitar or I know how to play the guitar. I know how to do gardening. I make the freaking world's best eggs Benedict. Like it doesn't like even matter. Just like list everything on, on that page. And then if you have, uh, if you have an existing business, then you're, and you want to and you want to use this to enhance your existing business, then you're really going to be thinking about the different things um, that your current customers have as problems that yeah. you already know how to help them solve. And it could uh, and it could be really really powerful if you're giving them education that complements a product or a service that you already offer. Yeah, absolutely. I think a great example of, of, of somebody with an existing business, like I would say, especially with what's been happening, if you own like a gym facility or something right now, and you're not creating a course for people to do from home, you're crazy. Like, so it's right. like stuff like that, that could be bolted onto existing businesses, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. In fact, I had, uh, I had a client a while ago and she's, she's doing amazing things now with her program that helps people, you know, work out and get their, their nutrition, everything dialed in from home. And previously she had a brick and mortar facility and she's actually made, um, more than enough income now from her online stuff to be able to close the brick and mortar facility. And she doesn't even have the brick and mortar facility anymore. And she's just all, all online. And so now she doesn't have the overhead and expense and, you know, which is, which is amazing because most people aren't really, you know, kind of back in a, a groove of going out anywhere. And so, um, yeah, def- definitely look for, you know, that I think that's kind of phase two. Phase one is get everything out on the table. Phase two is really doing a, a prioritization and a categorization of the things in your knowledge inventory. And, yes. and, and the, I'm curious to hear what your criteria would be, Dean. But for me, one of them is going to be like, okay, you know, I might, I might know, uh, you know, a little, little bit about something, but I know a lot about one thing. And so for me, how much do I actually know, you know, what's my level of expertise in this on a scale of one to 10, right? Yeah. I have a level 0.005 on dog grooming 
but I have, you know, a level 10 on productivity. So I'm going to, you know, give myself a 10, um, on, on productivity. Then, you know, another criteria would be, well, what, um, what do I see people looking for in the world? Like, what do people ask me for help with? Like, nobody's ever asked me for help with dog grooming <laughs> ever. Right. <laughs> and it's because I have a point zero zero two, you know, knowledge of that. Right. I know how to like, I don't know how to do anything, honestly, with dog grooming. <laughs> if I'm completely honest. I don't even know how to clip Louie's nails. Um, <laughs> I know how to put his collar on so that, and I don't think that counts, but, but lots and lots and lots of people ask me for help with productivity and systems and stuff. So I would, I would rank those things higher, but then I'd look out and I'd say, okay, well, are people looking for this sort of thing? Which goes to the point that you made a little while ago with the whole budgie joke are, do people want this? Right. And so there's a level of prioritization, one of which is sort of an internal thing. How, how would I rate myself and my knowledge on this topic? And then one is an external thing. Is this something that people also need help with? Right. What's your, uh, what's your take on that criteria? Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you've just said there. And I think an interesting thing for us to touch on, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this because I've got my own. Um, how important do you think the aspect of how much do you enjoy that thing plays a role? Do you think, do you think people have to really be passionate about this thing and love it? Or do you think they can go into it and learn to love it and just just do it because it's something of great value for people? I think um, I think the I don't know uh, if passion is a word that I would use, but I would say curiosity and interest in the topic. If right, Inter if, yes, yeah. I think if you're not really curious about the topic you should probably pass on it and get into a topic that you're curious about because, yeah. um, you know, what will happen? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I, keep coming, I don't know why dog grooming popped up in my mind. Right. But <laughs> I'm not curious at all about dog grooming, which is probably why in my library of hundreds and hundreds of books, I don't have one book on dog grooming. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't really want to learn about it. And it would make, it would make for something that I just like, I don't want to talk about and I'm not interested in it and that sort of thing. But you look at my, my library and I've got ridiculous amounts of books on, you know, thinking better productivity, like building businesses, like all these things, like that's what I'm really curious and interested about. So for me, because I'm going to wind up spending time promoting this topic and talking about this topic and trying to get other people interested in becoming educated on the topic, I think your level of curiosity and interest uh, should should play an important factor in picking what it is. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And um, yeah, and, and and just the other two points. Yeah, I completely agree with those, with what you've said. And I think if people go through that exercise, they're going to end up with with a list where towards the top, they've got the things that are probably being indicated should be where they might consider creating their course. Yeah, so maybe one of the other things that you're looking at on this, you know, this this knowledge inventory is scale of one to 10, what's my level of ex expertise and experience with this thing scale of one to 10, how much of a, um, demand do I see in, in, you know, the, my small community, people that I know in, you know, on a personal level, expanded community, people that I see on, you know, social media and elsewhere. And then, you know, the, the broader community, 
people searching like, you know, magazine articles, things like that. Like how much are people talking about this thing so that you kind of get that external point of view. And then another criteria would be, you know, how curious I'm and interested am I in this? Right. Yeah. And so, and, I, and I'd say, I'd say, I'd say one other as well, unless it's the kind of next step, I suppose, but we could morph it into this is, you know, also looking at, you know, at these things that start becoming more evident as, as to the top of the list is like, what is the competition like on these things? You know, is there somebody else already providing a course on this thing? And let me just be clear on something. Like I actually look for competition. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think sometimes think, oh my gosh, there's people already doing this. I need to look for another idea. And one of the things that I've actually found is that it's very difficult to pioneer a new thing. And, and that's fantastic if you can do that. That's like a, you know, a golden thing and that's amazing. But more often than not, like I want there to be competition. Like if I see that there is lots of other things being sold similar to what I'm doing, similar to the market of people, then that tells me that there is that demand there. You know, so together with looking for, you know, might there be demand for this skill for people to learn this skill? We want to be looking for not just might there be demand, but like, are people actually selling to these people right now? Are people voting with their credit card? Are they pulling their card out and buying courses similar to what you could teach? Because what that then tells you, like we say, yes, there's a market, you'd enjoy it. There's demand, there's people already selling into this market. So it means that you can come into a market that's already been proven, that already others have proven for you. And you can come in now and take a slice of that pie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's such an important thing to address. And I'm glad that you said the thing about like welcoming the competition. If there's no competition, it generally means that there's no market. And if there's no market, it means people aren't spending money. And so like, why are you going to go there? Right. And, right. Uh, and, and at this, this is one of the other places where I think people get really hung up. Um, whether you're new or even existing business owners is like, well, you know, so-and-so already has a program on, um, you know, whatever I'm not going to do it because then, you know, why would people buy from me? And that, that is a incredibly good question and one that we're going to get to in a minute, but it, it is not a question that should stop you dead in your tracks and say, okay, like, I'm not going to do this because there's, if there's people spending money, there are people who, when you are uniquely positioned with your program and your course that will buy from you because of the way that you're doing it, your methodology, your, um, uh, you, you know, your, your approach that might not buy from somebody else. And so don't let that be the thing that, uh, sort of scares you away. And, uh, I think what, when, when did we have him on the show? It was, uh, we had Sean on the show, the the guy that talked about the the world's simplest business plan. Oh like he, yes, yeah. right. Like he touched on this quite a bit, and he's like, "Look, if you're you're building a business, you want to see competition, and uh, and and we very much agree with that." Yeah, definitely. And I and I know obviously we can only cover so much uh, during the course of this show, but uh, just very very quickly, the simple way. If you think, well, I, how do I even do that? If you've not gone about that before, just go to Google and just search for the thing. Like if if you decided, oh, you know, I know how to play guitar, maybe I could teach that. Go to Google and put how to play, learn how to play guitar, you know, and see what comes up. You know, you can very easily, you know, just act as if you might be looking for that thing and see what you find. 
you know, very straightforward and simple way to just see what's out there and see if there's a market, see if there's demand and see what the competition's saying. Yeah, absolutely. And just a great case in point. So I'm, I'm a drummer and uh, started playing a few years ago. And there's a, there's a, a site that I belong to called Drumio. And, you know, I don't know exactly how long they've been around, but I promise you when they decided to build their site and, you know, put all their programs and courses and everything together, there were plenty of people teaching people how to play the drums, right? It's not right. like there weren't. And, and these guys have done it in, you know, such a great customer experience and, and added so much value and have like, you know, these systems and stuff to help you learn how to play and everything that they've become a well-known recognized player in that space. Whereas if, you know, they started and they're like, oh man, like there's already people teaching people how to play the drums. I guess that's a bad idea. Like all the people who are members of their community would have missed out on, on an awesome thing. Yeah, definitely. So, so I do think, I do think the, you know, the searching around is really important. Um, you may not necessarily be going like one of the old ways of doing this. Um, and you might not do that now, but you can still do it online. Used to be going to like your local bookstore, like a Barnes and Noble or, um, you know, mm. something like that. And looking at the magazine rack being yes. like, okay, what are the magazines that exist? What, um, you know, what are the titles of the articles? Like, what are people learning and searching for? And what are people reading and stuff? And that gives you, that gives you a sense of the appetite and the market size, uh, for the thing that, for the thing that you're going to be going to be creating. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it doesn't even take too much creativity to just think of other ways of scoping out how much competition or, you know, how sizable the market might be, you know, go on Amazon, look for books on the subject, you know, see, see if they've got many reviews, you know, many people that buy things don't leave a review. So if you see something with hundreds of reviews into the thousands of reviews, there is a lot of that thing selling, right? Because yeah. most people don't leave reviews. So you can just look at this stuff. So you've got Google, you've got magazines, you've got online resources, go to like the likes of Udemy, like we said, see what course are there, how many reviews, how many ratings, go to Amazon, look for existing products selling on those subject matters. If they have a ton of reviews, you know, a ton of people are buying that stuff. There you go, very nicely and easily in the space of just a, a few hours, you have validated you know, your idea, you have validated the market, you have validated like, if that is something that you can pursue and it can be done very, very easily when you just sit down at the computer. Yeah, and I'll add one thing to this before we move on to the next it step. It better be good. Is, it is. If you're struggling with your knowledge inventory, then start at this side of things and you can reverse engineer back to your expertise, right? You can go out and you can say, okay, yes. what are people looking for? Make a list there. And then you can go back and say, all right, well, which of these things, you know, am I curious in about, am I good at? Like people ask me for help with stuff like that. And so if you're, if you're having a hard time, you know, kind of with that uh, blinking cursor on a white page, starting your knowledge inventory, then don't start there. Start by figuring out what people are buying and then reverse engineer, which of those things um, you know, you know enough about and you feel confident in that you want to start talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I'll just add even one more final thing, just, just for the rare instance, if we've got any of our listeners right now in Shenzhou that are saying, well, I don't even, I can't even think of anything. Like you can learn something if you really, like, if you really have that many excuses or reasons to think you've had, you can't find anything in that knowledge bank process, like, you can learn things. 
like a, and a great example of that. Like I remember when, you know, a few years back, my wife was leaving her job cause she like all the reasons that she was leaving and she wanted to start her own business. And my first question, it was to her, like, what do you enjoy? And she said, Oh, makeup. I like makeup, you know? And I was like, okay, well let's like consider something around that. So it can start the idea of this to bring us up to speed of validating an idea. The whole thing can begin with what do I enjoy? Yeah. And, and, you know, she, she enjoyed that for, for obvious reasons, including being the makeup artist to help you with your weekly burlesque dance show. Yes. You know, and I've never looked better since. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a win-win for everybody. So, okay. (laughs) All right. So, so, so once you've sort of gone through these, these first steps of the exercise and picking, picking your thing. um, And again, for existing business owners, just zero in on the, the types of problems that you are, are helping your existing customer base with. And there's always an educational component that you can add to things. Um, then, then my, my recommendation is what you want to do is you want to, instead of it, I feel like it's really difficult to just say, okay, here's the topic that I want to teach about and then just start like writing about it. And I think some people can do that, but I think they're more the exception than the rule. Mm. And so what I'm a fan of is finding a few people that, you know, who might be interested in getting your help on said topic, right? Whether that, you know, you know, if I was going to start a dog grooming thing, I'd go to my friends who I knew had dogs and be like, Hey, you know, I know a lot about dog grooming and I'm, I'm really interested in it and I'm good at it. And are you okay if I come over to your house, you know, for an hour or two and give you some lessons on how to best take care of your dog? Right. And, and they'll be like, yeah, sure. Right. And most people, you know, whether they're friends or acquaintances or whatever, be like, no charge. I'm just thinking about putting a course together. And I really want to, you know, kind of articulate the way that I do things. Like, is it okay if I do that? And, and like, you don't need a lot of people to say yes, but most people will say yes anyway. And so it gives you an opportunity to kind of talk through in, um, and, and think about things in a more intentional way and, uh, and, and help somebody while you're doing it. And so that gives you a, you know, a case study that maybe you can later use for, you know, social proof and testimonials and stuff like that. But more importantly, it, it gives you practice in kind of thinking out loud and refining how you think about things. Um, and I think that's a step that a lot of people don't consider when they're creating a course because they think like, Oh, this is going to be, you know, just this digital thing that I'm never going to have to talk to anybody. Right. And you might be able to get it out, um, without going through that step. But I feel like that step strengthens your, uh, your teaching muscle and allows somebody else to ask you questions while you're doing it so that you can hear the kinds of questions that people would ask while you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I I think there's so much to be said for doing that and taking the time to do that because you're also going to, this is also going to highlight and show you what, you know, the things that need to go in the course, like you say. But also, if, if you can, if you can, if you're doing this, say, with your friends that have the dog in that example, you know, have them like almost be presenting, don't just turn up and do the thing like to yourself, you know, like to, to, with the dog, like to, to do the grooming stuff and sit there in silence, like actually involve those, the, the people in it and almost act like go through the process as if like they're your students, you're teaching them, you're showing them. But if you can go through it with them and say like, as I'm doing this, because I'm really practicing, like 
can you, if anything doesn't make sense or you have any questions along the way, can you please just ask? You know, and these are going to show you the things that maybe you've forgotten that you know, that, that yep. when you start trying to convey that knowledge to somebody else, ha- having that opportunity and creating an environment like what you just said, James, you can't, you can't get that type of feedback as easily when you're just doing stuff online. No. You know, so I think, I think would... that's a fantastic thing. And I, and I tell you, the, the thought that just came to my mind, just as you were saying that, and I think this is something that we've really got to focus in on for people, because this is actually going to help. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> um, I think this is going to really help people to simplify what they're, what they're actually doing here. Yeah. Like your course, what you've got to ask yourself this question. Once you've got to this stage and you've gone through these things that we said, is like, what is the specific outcome that's, that you want somebody to experience? You know, I know we've given, we've given multiple examples here. Like we said about playing the drums, playing the guitar, an instrument. We've said about dog grooming. Well, all those things, as we've said them, just to start planting seeds of ideas in your mind as you're listening to this. But all those are very broad concepts, like groom a dog. Okay, well, is there any specific type of dog? Mm. You know, is, is grooming all dogs the same? Prob- possibly not, possibly. I don't know. I'm not that knowledgeable. But, you know, for example, if, if you were an expert on grooming and styling a very specific type of dog, well, all of a sudden that now is a very specific, very specific result in comparison to dog grooming, you know, or learning how to play the drums. Okay, well, is this going to be an immersive course of every single thing to do with drums? Probably not, but could it be, you know, learning, and I, and I completely don't know any of the lingo for this, James, but I'm sure there might be like entry-level skills for a, for a new drummer that knows nothing, right? And I'm sure there might be then, okay, you've reached a certain stage of drumming. What's the next thing you know i'm sure there must be a process right would i be right in saying that definitely (laughs) there we go and we're drumming live yeah well you know it's and it's interesting too because the the promise is and this is where i see a lot of people um go too broad with their with their program or their course it like it doesn't it it should help somebody get a really specific result in a short period of time and that creates a win so in the, in the drumming example, and I, I actually, as much as I like the, uh, the, the guys that I talked about and I'm grateful for the actual instructors that I've had, none of them have done a good job saying, okay, we're going to help you play your, like these, these five really well-known songs in 90 days or 60 days or something. And then you're just like, oh, that's cool. Right? Like I could play. Yeah you know, these things in a short period of time. And that's what we're focused on. And, uh, and that gives me that, that kind of initial win, that initial boost and gives you as the, you know, the teacher, a lot of credibility because you can help people get a specific result. And so I think when, when considering what you're doing, pair it, pair it down at first to something that is a shorter time frame that's more specific and you'll get way more action on that because people will identify with the specific outcome and the idea of um, getting that result in a short period of time will be yes. really appealing to them, which is honestly why I think that um, the, the productivity course that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Dean, is, is working so well because the promise of the program is double your productivity in three days. 
and it's like what and it yeah. and it's true there's so there's like the like several fundamental things that you can do that you're probably not doing that will massively boost your productivity in a short period of time and so i'm not trying to help people become you know like the this insane productivity master in you know the next 2 years i'm saying hey here's some real important strategies that you can implement over the next three days and you could double your productivity. And that's super appealing, right? So, so when you're thinking about your program, make sure you're, you're thinking about what is the specific result and can I, can I, um, can I kind of time bind that, right? Can I put some parameters around how long that's going to take? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so just in, just in like, recap of where we are so far so we've gone through the knowledge exercise and they've dropped all this down then they've gone through and prioritized based on the the various different things that we've said and they've gone through those steps of looking at the competition the markets and all those kind of things they've then you've then taken taken from that um your idea and you've you've gone more specific then um into like you've just said there james think that put it perfectly is what is the specific result and can it be quantified by time? Like, you know, can you help somebody achieve and accomplish something within a, within a time frame? Right now you've got, you've gone from no idea to now you've got a specific idea for a specific type of person in a specific market. And you can, you've defined the specific results that you can help that person deliver should they consume and follow your course. Yeah. And then, like you said, we've, well, we've also as well, we've got the, the validating of the idea by seeking out, you know, is there any friends or contacts that you have that you can act that are actually, you know, applicable or suitable for what you want to do in some way whereby you can actually, you know, get their help to further validate the details and the, the approach of your idea, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, so once you've gone through that stage where you've, you know, you've worked through things with a handful of people, now you can come back and you can start creating an outline. Okay, what was the first step that we did? What was the second step? What was the third step? And the more the more that you can create a um, explainable framework for people, the easier it's going to be for them to implement and the easier it's going to be for them to understand how they're going to be able to get that specific result. So the next, the next thing you're really looking for is um, – uh, the, the thing that is, you know, a lot of people have different names for this. It's the unique selling mechanism. It's the, um, you know, the, the USP it's like, Hey, this thing helps you learn the most popular drum songs in, you know, five weeks, right? Like you're, you're trying to create a framework that has a, has a promise to it that has structure to it that becomes your unique method for achieving a certain result. And this is why I said earlier that I'm not concerned when there are other players in the market. What I'm concerned about is that we create a unique method for the way that you help people get a specific result. And so that's really one of the biggest benefits from kind of pilot testing your stuff with a bunch of people is that you're going to be able to say, okay, here's what worked for this person. Here's what worked for this person. And this person had this question. And here's a question that came over there. And now you're able to start uh, kind of refining things um, to the point where you say, okay, well, this is the process that we followed. And this is why this person got this result. And that starts becoming incredibly powerful in Mm. helping you stand out and differentiate among the competition because the competition is there 
to help you assess whether there's people spending money. But then at the same time, you need to be able to stand out and distinguish yourself among the competition. And the way that you do that is with the unique methodology, the, the, the USP, you know, whatever the mechanism is, the framework, the method, that is the way that you're going to build your course around that method or that program um, of doing things. And that's what helps you stand out among the competition. Yeah, no, I think you put that perfectly. I, I, I don't like to compliment you too much, but that was pretty good. Yeah, well, I think your compliment sort of cancels out my previous one and we're probably okay now. Right, there we go. We're even. We can go back to hating each other again. <laughs> Balance has been restored. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I, so, so that is in a nutshell, at least how to go from, you know, an idea to testing and validating your idea with a pilot group of people and then turning that idea into a framework or a method or something, uh, something that gives it some substance. Cause now you're not just teaching dog grooming. You have the, the Holland method for, for dog grooming and people are like, There's Oh, no what? better method. There is no better method, even though it's completely fictitious and doesn't even exist. It is the <laughs> best method for dog grooming. Right. Cause then you hear, Oh, it's the Holland method. Oh, well, what is that? Well, first, you know, you learn how to do this, then you do this, like, and, and there's all these steps. And when people are learning something, the way that they assimilate information and they, they are able to learn most, most effectively is when, is when there's a process for them to follow. And just think about your own experience. Anytime you've learned something, was it easier or harder to learn if somebody just was like threw a bunch of random information at you versus they had a step-by-step process for you to follow, right? It's always easier when you have a step-by-step process. And so that's the value that we're trying to create in the program. It's not just information. It's structured information that is easy for people to follow, easy for them to implement and helps them get a specific result in a specific period of time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it, like think think of little things like this, right? If you if you and I say this just for anybody like if you've not created a course before, I know there's so many questions that come up in your mind, but just based on like what what you just said there James of what are the specific steps and that, you know, creating those specific steps to accomplish that that end result. Think about all different kinds of things. I mean, for those people with children, I mean, I don't have children, but I actually remember this myself. Like when you had to learn to tie your shoelaces, it came with a process, didn't it? Like you, you were taught a step-by-step. It was like, you know, loop it, swoop it, or whatever the things were. Like there was a process. And you'll notice that processes like that happen a lot in schools and with children, don't they? They, they, they teach through processes, through step-by-steps that make an overall process of tying your shoes or locking a door or all these things. They're broken down into steps. And all really what we're saying here with this is you're going to take, you know, the skill that you have that you find through going through the steps we've mentioned, and you're going to end up where you then take what you you do and know and, and, and are interested in and or, you know, keen for or all that kind of stuff we spoke about and breaking it down into steps that somebody like me or James that had an interest to learn that top, topic could pick that course up and follow the steps that you've outlined and taught in that course to accomplish that end result, you know? And, and, and I think if you just take that approach to this and say, well, look, all, like all I want to do is show people what I know, but I first got to work out like, how do I do what I know to do? 
and break it down for somebody that could then anybody could take this and follow it and do what I'm teaching to do. And, and I, I, would, I would plant one final seed of thought here that might be really, really intriguing for anybody listening is what do you think we just did over the past 50 minutes or so with you listening? We just broke down some steps, and I appreciate that obviously a course would be more detailed than what we've had the ability to do on this show, but we have essentially taken a process of how to create a course, and we broke it down in steps that hopefully, even with the information we've been able to give here, can now allow anybody to get started and follow a few steps to get to the point of being able to get your own course live and active. Indeed. And we are running out of time. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Dean, for the lively discussion. And hopefully this was super valuable for you guys. We appreciate you listening. Next week, make sure you listen to us again live every single Tuesday. Call in at 888-627-6008. International callers 1-323-744-4831. Visit us at justatipshow.com. We will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.